lot going on in the NFL. We are here for franchise focus on two teams, Bears and Broncos. I like both the B names today. We got to get into what are their actions so far, getting them in terms of how they have to go about this draft. We're going to explore both these franchises today, see what they can plan for. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, I'm always joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. We want to hey, thank hey. you for making us your first listen of the day. Today we're getting into it, man, and we're kind of focusing on a couple, couple of organizations. Uh, organizations that have been in the news so far for, for trades, and there was one that went down earlier today with the Chicago Bears. They dealt the, the, the standout defensive end, Khalil Mack, to the Chargers, and we'll talk about some of the ramifications that I have on them as far as drafting and getting some things back in return, but First, we want to talk about the, the, the Broncos. And this is a team that, obviously, they trade a haul for Russell Wilson. And, and yeah. deservedly so. I mean, you got one of the more talented quarterbacks of this generation. You ship off a Drew Locke. You ship off Shelby Harris, who I think is a legit starting defensive tackle. But it seemed like maybe they don't want to commit to him long term. And then also, you ship off a tight end. No offense. So, on top of that, you gave up two first-round picks two second-round picks, but I was definitely shocked to kind of see how that would impact their draft for this season. And even then, even after giving up those picks, they have the 64th pick, the 75th pick, the 96th pick, 113, 114, and they have a few more, but I feel like that's still, you know, for giving up what they did, they still kind of have mm -hmm. a lot of good opportunities to help this team throughout the draft. So, where do they start? All right, they're at pick 64. Do you think that there's something that they should target first? You know, I, I think they have the luxury now at 64, 75, 96, right? You have three picks in a, in, in a single round span, basically, right? And I think what George Payton has done as a team building exercise is get your guy that is at the top of the heap. Now, we can talk about their depth at, at a number of positions, but I think it's clear that they have some talented pass catchers that they're happy with. Yeah. The fact that you choose to include Noah Fant in that trade tells me that Albert O is a guy that you're comfortable being your starting tight end that can give Russ what he needs as an outlet, uh, maybe a little bit more robust in terms of, of blocking ability to try to let Javante Williams really take over that offense from the running aspect of it, which I think you do need, even though Russ is still Russ, you do need to support him, I think, with the run game. You can't get away from that. I think that sets it up well. So what does that leave you with? You had an underperforming uh, defensive end in, in Chubb last year. You had Von Miller actually get moved out. There were all kinds of rumors that he wants to come back. That would definitely be uh, an interesting turn of, of scenario, right? But right. you have a secondary you got to feel pretty good about. There's a lot that can be built between the offensive line, defensive line, and linebacker levels that I think can really bring this franchise around and support Russ as – as easy as it is, I'm a little bit concerned about like how quickly can this offense adapt to new head coach? Obviously, Russ, not the same system. He's been one system in the NFL, right? 
do you have concerns about the transition for all of this into a new city endeavor? Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of the the biggest question mark, right? And I believe there, there's a little bit of ties here with the offense and the way they ran things, whether it's in L.A., I, I mean, excuse me, in Seattle. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I probably should have researched this before talking about it. The offensive coordinator for the Seahawks kind of came from that McVay kind of mm-hmm. tree. And yep. also, you know, the Packers offensive coordinator that went over to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, you know, he obviously like that under LaFleur coming up, if he has any similar style, LaFleur, he came from kind of that same tree as McVay, Shanahan. So maybe they say, see things similarly. Maybe they, you know, their verbiage is somewhat similar. And if that's the case, I know they do think things different. You look at Shanahan and his offense, heavy 21 personnel. You look at McVay and his offense, heavy 11 personnel. But I do think that they still work a lot of the same principles and concepts, even though they run it from, you know, different personnel packages. So if these coaches kind of have any similarities there, maybe that'll ease over and kind of smooth over the transition for Russell Wilson to where he doesn't have to learn an entirely new verbiage as it pertains to the offense and the plays that are called. And I think Russ has been pretty comfortable in 11 most of his career, right? I, I can see that being the direction. Otherwise, you keep Fant. If you're looking to be 12, you're keeping Fant all day long. There's no reason to let that happen unless there's just some, some demand from your trade partner. But I think that all that goes to set up whether – I think it's a little bit more of a, of a transition than it's just the fact that they come from common roots. Like I don't think it's just going to be plug in. That's my thought. Right. But one thing that they have to do across all those systems, and certainly for Russ – we've seen over his career is you got to support him with an offensive line that can, can get the job done, but also can move. And so I think there's a lot of work to be done on the Broncos offensive line. That's where I would probably start. That would be my concern. It becomes a question of value in this particular class. Right. And I think we should probably walk through each of their top 100 picks here on the backside of this break, but that's where I would start. Is that where you would focus or you think it's skilled players? No, I, I think you have to definitely improve that offensive line. I, I like the skill players that they have. You, you talked about Albert O as a tight end, filling in for Fant, um, kind of replacing them. I think people are going to be high on him, especially in the fantasy world. The receivers, mm-hmm. I like what they have there. The depth is a little interesting, but I like their top three guys when it comes to Sutton, uh, Patrick, and uh, and uh, obviously Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get to more of the offensive line and a little bit on the defense, where they should address the draft. When we get back, but first we want to talk to you a little bit about Bet Online. And you know, you know what time it is, y'all. It's March Madness, it's college basketball tourney time. It is fully upon us. And from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is, you know, it's your continued source for all of your sporting wagering informational needs. Are including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Which, I don't, Ryan, do you have a favorite Vegas casino game? Uh, no, I play poker. Thank you. Poker. See, I didn't <laughs> learn how to play poker. I play more like roulette or blackjack uh, 21, and I'm not any good, but you can play those games on here as well. Head over to the website right now. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that's been online for the games start. All right, Ryan, let's get back to the Denver Broncos, and let's address the draft. And this is kind of a soft version of this. Later in the draft season, we will actually get with the Broncos uh, host and mm-hmm. talk about what exactly they should do in the draft. But, for, you know, just for these, you know, 
exercise purposes right here. We're going to go through here. And, you know, I do like what they did with Quinn Myers last year, right? Like the Quinn Myers, when he was drafted, he was like the, the darling of the senior <laughs> bowl. And it sounds like he's kind of heading in the right direction, but Dalton Reisner, you know, Garrett Bowles, I'm curious to see, you know, Bobby Massey, who do they look to maybe improve upon on the offensive line or do they go over to the defensive side of the ball? You know, this was the team though who I had mocked at pick nine, taking Jordan Davis and replacing right. Mike Purcell. But it looks like Purcell is going to stay alive there. Shelby Harris, the three, four defensive end. He's the one that's on the way out. So do they look maybe in these rounds to replace one of these guys, or maybe do they go, you know, with a, a three, four outside uh, linebacker off the edge. I feel like there's a lot of different ways they can go about this. You know, for me, it's got to be, you've made this investment in Russell Wilson. You got to do everything to support him. I, I have to think that they have to find the best fit for them there. And yes, Miners is is on, I, I think recovered from what was early struggles, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Glasgow playing some snaps out there as well. Uh, Cushenberry, I think has been solid. I was higher on him coming out than, than a lot of people have. I think he's kind of grown into the position. The question for me, is it right tackle? And if you're comfortable with that being there, uh, Bobby Massey, I, I do believe he's still under contract, but I, I, that doesn't preclude you from upgrading there. Does it? All right. No, not at all. But their issue is going to be because of the trade with the Seattle Seahawks. They don't really have high draft picks like that. I mean, their first pick isn't until 64. And if I'm not mistaken, that's either the last pick in the second round it is. or the first yep. pick in the in the third. Okay, so yeah, last pick in the second round. So, you know, finding a tackle, even though this is a deep class, mm -hmm. it might be someone that's not as high profile as a tackle on the offensive line. I think that while it's deep, I, I think you have to look at pass protectors specifically because I think Bassey's fine in the run game. I think that they were able to run behind him fairly well uh, fairly consistently. I think he played like almost 800 snaps for them last season. So that tells me that, that there's enough there, but it is about the pass protection. And you didn't bring in Russell to hand the ball off, right? You're going to run in, uh, enough to protect him from himself and being, you know, uh, he's not going to be a 40 drop back kind of guy, but it's also not something that you you're trying to supplement run first or in, in any way, shape or form. So I do think they got to look at, at the protection more than anything else. They have some guys like Cam Fleming, uh, Calvin Anderson plays some snaps as well. Like, so they have some depth, but I don't see that as enough. I think you have to bolster that. I think you have to look at is miners ready to take that starting right guard spot. Um, I'd have to look at how many snaps he took last year in that spot, but, uh, I think it was 400 for Glasgow. So at least it was a split when you look at the totals. Is that something that you're comfortable with there? Or do you think that really ought to be paying attention to the defensive line? I mean, I think if the one thing that helped, Russell Wilson and probably some of the reason he wanted out of Seattle was to kind of not have to run for his life, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, they did the whole let Russ cook thing. And for a while, it looked like he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Then it kind of just tapered off. So, I, I mean, as talented as he is, Russell's not very young anymore, right? Like now he still has a good amount of years ahead of him, but he's not that young Russell Wilson that we kind of, I think we look at him as. So, this is a time now where he probably does want to be a little bit more comfortable on the offensive line, as comfortable as you can get. I don't know how comfortable it is for a quarterback at any time, but build that offensive line. If there's a hole on that O-line, I think that needs to be addressed. You know, it, but then I'm also the person that says, go for best player available. So 
you know, if you have an offensive lineman there and a defensive lineman there and you have the same kind of grade for both of those guys, I would go D-line. But okay. really, you do want to do whatever to kind of protect your asset. And if you do that, I mean, we all know how quickly Russell Wilson can put up points. So that won't be. I issue. think that's the danger, though, right? Because there isn't a hole on the offensive line, right? It's just, it's just not quite enough to make you feel like this is ready for a championship run, at least, at least for me. So it's like, do you do you go out of that line where you have a, a solid player, but maybe you want a good one, or if you have a good one, you want a great one, that kind of thing. Uh, but the good thing is having 64, 75, and 96 is I think that just in alone, yeah. having that range gives you the flexibility to take what you think or, or who you have graded the best at the time. Maybe it ends up being a Jordan Davis, like you said last week, and you're the only person talking about a defensive lineman to the, to the Denver Broncos. And uh, this is going to be a big-time conversation, especially when we get on – with our Locked On Broncos host. <laughs> he's going to go through all the details of this offensive line. He's He is the expert. He's the local expert of that team. So we're going to talk to him coming up. But first, we want to get into the Bears next. All right, the Bears, they just, you know, traded Kilo Mac. That was interesting. Got some draft capital back, especially for a team that didn't have a whole lot of draft picks in the top 100. We're going to get into that and more. But first, we want to talk to you a little bit about Bilt Bar. And you know, this time of the year, everybody pretty much is giving up on their New Year's resolution, but not this year. Not, and I'm trying not to. And the thing that's helping the most is Built Bar. All right. And if you haven't tried the Puffs, you need to. The Puffs are a fan favorite, and they are so incredible. They have all these really good flavors. Yum, yummy cinnamon, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie, all really good. And probably going to be your new favorite as well. You know, all Built Bars are covered with 100% real chocolate. And yes, that includes the Built Bar Puffs. As well, and I always tell the story about being in Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl and being at the house with Ross Jack Jackson. Uh, he's the host of Locked On Saints, and he had these really good built bar puffs there. Uh, one of them, he had the banana cream pie there, but he also had the key lime pie. Delicious, hands down, my favorite thing. I just ordered a box, and I'm waiting for them to come right now as we speak. They're all low in calorie, high in protein, and they can replace any of your candy bars. All right. They are better than a candy bar, and a typical candy bar can be anywhere between two and 300 calories. Built Bars, much better than that. Go to Built.com right now and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away by the high-protein, low-calorie, and high-fiber, low-carbs that they have. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar that has you know, around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Stuff's not good for you. Don't eat those. Throw them away and get you a Bilt Bar. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the new flavor this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and they're always coming out with new flavors. And if you think of a flavor that you might like, they might make it. All right? At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They want to make it taste good. All right? So first, you know, they'll figure out how to make it healthy, you know, but they want to make sure that it tastes good for you first. They want to make sure that it's really delicious and they they don't miss. All right. They don't miss. Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Ryan, let's get into the other team here, the Bears. And I, I think everything that they should do, and again, we're going to get into the local expert for the Chicago Bears. But before we get in, we kind of just want to run down some of the things. They just traded away Khalil Mack. Yep. And they got a second this year. That's awesome. And it was much needed because this is a team that did, I mean, they had to pick, what, 39? And that was it. They didn't pick again until pick 71. So 
they add that in shoes even after that they don't pick again until 147 so they needed some draft capital obviously you don't want to lose a tremendous edge rusher pass rusher like Akilah Mack but maybe that can help them kind of retool either the offense add some weapons there for your young quarterback or potentially go with uh offensive line to protect him I do recall him getting sacked nine times in one game, <laughs> his first start against the Cleveland Browns, not ideal, or go defense. So if you are the Chicago Bears, which direction do you go in? Well, I think it's really telling that they trade Cleveland Mack away because they're reportedly going back to a four-man front, to a 4 3 base defense. So that clearly is not a, a perfect fit. That allows you to take – an edge. You, you need another one now, and you need a four-man front edge. I think that that's probably the focus in terms of where the value will be at 39, but that won't preclude them from doing something. I think there's a, a good number of weapons. I think they can wait afford to wait a little bit longer on, say, a wide receiver. Uh, certainly on the tight end group, I think there's value down there at, at 71 or beyond. You could even see them move back from 71 a little bit because they are another team that has kind of a tight grouping between 39, 48 to 71. You can move back a little bit and, and, and get, you know, a, a tight end that can do some blocking for you. Um, like oh, I can see a record in that offense that gives them a target with pretty good hands. That is, uh, you know, a, a solid athlete, but can do some of the dirty work as well. I think that's going to be uh, maybe a little bit more friendly. There's some tight ends on that roster as well, but I think competition could help them there as well. I probably would lean towards the value and the upside being on the defensive side at, at 39 in particular. Man, I'm, I, I know you said, you know, kind of stay away from the wide receivers. And I am one that says, listen, you, you don't got to force a position. But, man, I mean, Allen mm -hmm. Robinson, he's a free agent, correct? Yes. So if he's gone right now, you're looking at a, a receiver depth chart with Darnell Mooney, who I like, mm -hmm. but then Demaria Bird, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Daz Newsom, Nasimba Webster. I mean, it, it's not really guys that move the needle too much. So I, I think they true. They really need someone to play opposite of Darnell Mooney. Because yeah, not, I think they I mean, have to look in free agency to tell you the truth. Because you think so? that's a that's a very light, unexperienced wide receiver core. I think you got to have somebody that's that's got a good volume of games underneath their belt in the NFL. I was looking at a little mock, man, and I had them taking <laughs> Christian Watson. You know, I like me some yep. Christian Watson. But to yeah, give hey. your big-arm quarterback in Justin Fields that type of athlete, being able to stretch the field vertically and win underneath and be a contested catch guy, I mean, mm -hmm. this is a guy who runs in the four threes. I think matching him up with a guy like Justin Fields who has aggressive eyes. And, and, and what I mean by aggressive eyes, I think he likes to look down the field and, and throw the oh, big ball. Down. Man. You know, adding a receiver like that, I think it definitely helped. But they also got to address the offensive line. But they have picked 39. They have picked 48. Maybe they can go offensive line, pick 48. Uh, Jamari Saylor, interior offensive lineman from Georgia. Maybe someone like that to kind of come in and help protect their young asset at quarterback. Um, the, if you're looking the good for a guard, for too. Is, well, yeah, the good thing for them is they, they, you know, they have two picks within 10 picks of each other, 39 mm -hmm. and 48. So they can flip it either way. But I do think they, they should prioritize addressing the offensive line and the pass catcher. 
I, I like Salyer. I, I was pretty happy with him. I could see him staying at tackle too. I know everybody's projecting him at guard now, but I, I think he could get kind of the Isaiah win treatment a little bit. But I will say this too. I think at 71, you have an option in his teammate and Justin Schaefer that I think is a more like Bears type of guard if I had to pick one. You know what I mean? Like like he's going to put you in the dirt. And, and I think that that might be something they're looking to get back to in Chicago. Yeah, they're going to have to, man. But you know, that's going to do it for this episode. We're going to get into much more of this and more detail, especially coming up. We do have the mock draft coming up. This time it's on Ryan Tracy. It's not on <laughs> me. So any hate towards it, I know I saw some of it already towards me. No, This time you're going to direct it towards Ryan Tracy. So keep a lookout on that Monday morning. We appreciate everyone that listening. We really want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Follow us on social media at Eric underscore Crocker at Ryan Tracy NFL. But until next time, we will see y'all. Peace.